0: The Brewers got themselves a first baseman. We'll dive a little further into that, and we'll talk about Willie Adames staying there. The Brewers are ranked from 14th through 19th, depending who you talk to on these preseason rankings. We'll get to all that with our guest today, Kyle Lobner. He'll be joining me coming up here next on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee
1: Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: First sign of spring. We haven't had it yet. We will have that, though, here in a couple of weeks. When pitchers and catchers report Chuck Freeman here on Locked On Brewers, part of Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. This show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you buy, when you place a five-dollar bet, visit fanDuel.com backslash locked on and your chance to win big at FanDuel. We'll talk more about FanDuel a little bit later on. Coming up on the show. How good are the Brewers going to be? With Reese Hoskins, I haven't seen them move up any further than 14th in the power rankings. We'll talk to that, and some of you are not too happy about that. But Reese Hoskins, that has been the big move in the offseason so far. And uh, joining us here, who's been a you know, guest from time to time, Kyle Loebner, who's been covering Brewers baseball for several years now. And, uh, you know, for different sites, the Shepherd Express, Covers minor league baseball with the Timber Rattlers. We're going to talk some minor league ball with him as well. Kyle, appreciate you coming back on the show. Thank you, and hope you're enjoying your winter so far.
1: Yeah, it's good to be here. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but the, the it's warm enough here in Appleton that the snow is melting off my roof. It's a good feeling. It feels like we'll be ready to play baseball soon.
0: I will be up in Hortonville tonight, covering a game a little bit later on, sliding through I'll, I'll be Appleton just on the road to Appleton East. You will be okay. Where I was. Last week, amazing. Now we stop off this little Italian restaurant in downtown Appleton called Victoria's for my birthday dinner tonight, which is from last week, but we're going to be doing that tonight. Reese Hoskins, off the top. What would you think of the move? Dropped on Tuesday night. We've been talking about filling that first base spot, and here they do, and they get the bat that I think a lot of people were hoping for.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think um, there's going to be question marks around Hoskins. He's a guy who hasn't played for a year. Uh, missed the entire 2023 season, but he's a guy that brings a combination of power and patience at the position that the Brewers really haven't had since Prince Fielder was here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's it's not just that he's a, a guy who swings hard and hits the ball occasionally. Um, he is a guy who will strike out a little bit, but he's a guy who will draw a walk. He's a guy who can be effective in the middle of a lineup in a bunch of ways. Um, as I mentioned, he did miss a year last year, but he's still only 30 years old. So you got to figure there's probably still some gas left in the tank there. And for the Brewers, it's a relatively short-term commitment. It's a maximum of two years. And so this is really the the first time since Fielder left that the Brewers have gone out and gotten somebody to play first base and not just tried to fill it from within. And I think there's reason to believe it, it could work out. And I think there's definitely reason to believe it was needed.
0: 30 years old. I've always been told for a power hitter, 28 to 32, 30 is right in the prime of it. I know he's coming off the injury, but right in the prime of his power hitting.
1: Yeah, I think that the prime has probably gotten a little earlier than it used to be um, in recent years in baseball, but certainly there, there's no reason to believe Hoskins is past his, um, especially for a guy who has had you know relatively limited big league opportunities. He wasn't a big leaguer until he was 24. He didn't play at all in his age 30 season. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's reason to believe that you can kind of pencil Hoskins in for roughly what he was in 2021 and 2022, which is something the Brewers sorely need right now.
0: Absolutely. And you're going to be able to DH this guy. You're going to be able to put him over there, just keep him in the lineup. Not very good defensively. I don't care about that. I just want him to hit me on some home runs. Well, and I
1: think, you know, one of the challenges the Brewers have had in recent years, uh, with the possible exception of Rowdy Telez, is they've tried to play a lot of guys at first base who were not first basemen. Um, And so you've seen some of the, the growing pains over there in real time as guys are learning the spot. Um, Hoskins isn't a great defensive first baseman, but he's played the position before. And mm-hmm. so he should be able to do the things you expect a first baseman to do. He's probably not going to contend for a gold glove, but I think it will be a defensive upgrade from some of the things that Brewers have seen with some of the guys who were either other positions playing first base or really DHs who were slotted in at first base.
0: Always seems like first base should have been the easiest spot to fill, but they've never been able to groom that. And It used to be, well, you just put your, I mean, who cares how good of a guy is defender, just put your best power hitter, your big fellow over at first base, but it's been, like you mentioned, since Prince that they've been unable to bring somebody up for the minor league system to fill that role. Well,
1: some of that's organizational philosophy because the Brewers have spent almost all of their top draft picks for the last 15 years or so on shortstops and center fielders. Um, And that's worked out. That's paid dividends at times. You know, there's a bunch of guys in the organization they've brought up that way that have come up to be shortstops and center fielders. Uh, But it's really tough for one of those guys to have the bat to move over to first base and play there. Um, It's been a position they've tried to fill inexpensively or a position they've tried to fill from within for a while now. Um, And I think that may be coming around the corner because I think Brock Wilkin, who was you know coming up through the ladder, reached double A last year, um, might have a future at first base and might be that kind of hitter. Um, but it's been a challenge for the Brewers to prioritize um, the corners of the infield, and especially first base, and because of it, they've had a long stretch where they've gone through a lot of different guys.
0: I don't want to say this is a desperation move because it's not, but do you think it's because of all that that they have they looked at this and say, well, we're going to have to go out and spend two two years $36 million because th- this is our fallback plan. Otherwise, we're doomed at first base going into the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think every organization has things they develop better than others. Um, you know, and you hope that you're able to use some of that, sur- either some use some of that surplus and trade to get mm-hmm. the things you need or use the money you save by developing other positions um, to go out and buy the things that you're not as great at doing. And for the Brewers, that hasn't been power hitting in recent years. And so the fact that they've got a lot of guys in the organization that are either at arbitration or pre-arbitration meant hopefully they had some resources available to go out and fill a hole at first base.
0: And Reese Hoskins is going to fill that that big, big void. I don't have any worries about him coming back from the knee surgery, the ACL, spent all last year rehabbing it and all that. Um, but, you know, this is 1974 for guys coming off that type of injury. Here in 2024, a big speed, you know, he come back a little quicker from that type of, type of injury with all the, the advances in, medical, in the medical field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the, the Brewers, I'm confident they wouldn't have made this deal if they were yeah. confident – Hawkins is healthy um, that he's ready to to come in and contribute um, in the way they were expecting. And he's a guy that's used to batting in the middle of the order. You know, I, I've got his baseball reference splits page up here. He's played 317 games, batting second. He's played 239, batting fourth. Like this is a guy over, over the years the Brewers have at times brought in guys who were five and six hitters somewhere else, tried to shoehorn them into the middle of the lineup. This isn't that guy. This guy is used to hitting there. Um, and, and so he's used to being the, the centerpiece of a lineup.
0: You know, I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I mean, all the guys that the Brewers have had, like, in that cleanup spot, all the way back to, like, Jonathan Lucroy. It's like, I mean, we love Jonathan Lucroy, but he's not a cleanup hitter. Right, you know, Willie Thomas is just like, you know, it, they haven't – they've put guys in the fourth spot who aren't fourth-place hitters, but I think now – I would think that Pat Murphy is going to put him in the cleanup spot.
1: You would think so if he doesn't bat third. Uh, the yeah. the challenge yeah. the Brewers have, and I wrote about this last year already – Um, You know, with Christian Yelich developing into a a guy who is more of a one or two hitter in the lineup, um, a a guy like Sal Freilich or Garrett Mitchell being a one or two hitter in the lineup, um, the Brewers have a collection of guys that probably all should be right around that cluster on the top. And they've been short on guys who are reliable to drive them in behind that. Um, This solves specifically that problem. I I think Mm -hmm. if anything, um, you can pencil Reese Hoskins into a spot for sure in this lineup on opening day. And I think we know relatively confidently where Christian Yellich will bat if he's healthy. Um, everyone else might still move around between now and then.
0: Hang on, Kyle. We'll get back to you here in just a second. We'll talk about if there's more, if you think he's more moves to be made by the Milwaukee Brewers here in the off season. Chuck Freeman here on Lockdown Brewers, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Google, Spotify, Apple. We're on all the major downloads. And of course, please go to our growing YouTube page, search Lockdown Brewers, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. I'll alert you everything you need to know about Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and we are brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NFL playoffs are coming to a close, sadly, on Sunday. The two championships games, the, the AFC NFC championship games. And now's a great time to get in all the action, college basketball on Saturdays and Sundays as well. FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. 150 bucks you can't go wrong with that. In bonus bets, win or lose, go to FanDuel, check it out. Uh, live betting, props, over and unders, parlays, uh, the parlay hub that they got on there, same game, parlays, they have those. Anything you want, money lines, that's always cool. You know, those short line favorites, money line those as well, or the short line dogs, fanduel.com slash locked on, L O C K E D O N. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL, get in on all the action. FanDuel. FanDuel, the reason why they have all that, and that's the reason why they have all that, is because they're America's number one Sportsbook at FanDuel. This is Chuck Freeman here on Lockdown Brewers, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Welcome back to Lockdown Brewers, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Chuck Freeman. Kyle Loebner joining us right now. You get him in the Shepherd Express. You see all his minor league coverage on, on different sites. What, my, I know you're doing some Timber Rattler stuff. Where, where, in particular, can people catch your material that you write on the minor leagues?
1: Yeah, uh, most of the work I do on the minor leagues is at Um uh, I've mm-hmm. been producing the Frosty Micro Brews feature there now for several years. Before that, we used to call it something else. Um, in fact, Frosty Micro Brews is what we used to call it. Now we. We call it the T-Rat Talk feature. Uh, I haven't done it in a couple months, and so I forgot what we call it. But, um, yeah, I talk to players there through the season. I kind of get a feel for who they are as people in addition to what makes them tick as baseball players. It's been a lot of fun there to, to produce a, a variety of features, get to know guys, and then we've been doing it long enough that now I can look back on those when we see those guys reach the big leagues or see those guys oh, yeah. you know involved in trade talks and start to see some of the stuff we thought about them when they were still in lower high A years ago.
0: And yeah, the Tim Rattlers... My friend Rob Zurjeff, congratulations once again out to him for executive of the year in the minor leagues, man. Just uh, it's been there a long time. He's been there a long time. He and his wife, part of that organization for God, I think 25 years or so. I mean, it's just right. unbelievable. And they have stayed there. I'm glad Rob continues to make Appleton uh, part of his life and 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 stays because a guy with his talents and the Brewers and the whole organization very fortunate to have a guy like that who markets the team the way he does. All right. Uh, do you think another move is maybe on the way for, is this it for the brewers or do you see a a move or two down the line here before we get the spring training or even in once camp opens up?
1: You know, covering the brewers since 2008 in one form or another, I don't think I've ever um, had a year where I was confident they're done. And on the years when I have, they've almost always made a move immediately thereafter. Um, you know, whether it was Niger Morgan in the days before the season, you know, all the way back, um, or, you know, a variety, this, if this organization has one thing you can count on, it's that they're almost always looking for that one more move. Um, and so, no, I, I don't think that they're necessarily done. I think they might be relatively happy with what they have at this point. Um, but I suspect they're always looking at opportunities to tinker on the edges
0: a little bit. Well, I remember on a Sunday morning, waking up and seeing the news a few days before the season started and seeing the Morgan news. And I was like, yeah. cause I've always liked them when he was with Pittsburgh and I remember talking to Davey Nelson. I said, This guy, you probably don't remember Mickey Rivers, but I said, This guy reminds me of Mickey Rivers, the former Yankee. And I think he's going to be a spark plug in this lineup. Put him on this team. And he was. And, you know, I mean, he was here for a, a short time, but he was a major part of that. I, I always liked him. I thought he would have a longer career than he did.
1: I had a terrible take that didn't age well at the time. I did not think that I <laughs> was right? a good move at the time. And and then, you know, months later, I was very clearly proven wrong as he had one of the most memorable moments in Brewers franchise history. Oh, yeah, but when you they write about back. the team for as long as I have, you have a few of those. Um, you brought him back, too,
0: for, right. for a, uh, to throw out the opening pitch this past wildcard game, yeah.
1: Yeah, just a, an outstanding figure in Brewers history, despite mm-hmm. having been here for a, a relatively short period of time and a really memorable guy.
0: What was your take? What was the bad take you had?
1: Um, I, I'm trying to remember now off the top of my head who it was that had been told he was making the opening day roster and then got mm-hmm. bumped when Niger Morgan came in. And I was really upset from a, a labor perspective and, and from a you know from a, a minor league fan perspective that the Brewers had this guy that they had brought all the way up, promised he had a job and then swept the rug out from under him right before opening day. Um, and it probably says a lot about how that worked out that I don't remember who that was uh, that lost that opportunity. Uh, but with that said, yeah, I, at the time, I was not excited about Nigel Morgan, and I was quickly proven wrong.
0: Hey, I've been proven wrong on a lot, a lot of different things with the Milwaukee Brewers. And you know what? Social media lets you know about it. And when you're right, Absolutely, <laughs> they, they never know. Sounds like Willie Adamas is staying here, uh, which I think is a good thing. I, I, I don't want to see Willie. I think Willie's going to have a better year than he did this past year. Not necessarily power-wise, but I think in the production-wise.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we talked before about guys who the Brewers have kind of put into the middle of the lineup that weren't necessarily perfect fits there. And the season really started to turn around for Willie Adamas last season. Once the Brewers had the opportunity to move him back in the lineup a little bit, take a little bit of that pressure off of him and just kind of let him come out and be who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the Brewers have had guys like that over the years. Um, Carlos Gomez is a name that comes to mind where they are going to produce for you as long as you don't put too much pressure on them to be the centerpiece that it all fits around. Um, I'm excited to see Adama staying in Milwaukee. I think his career really came together here after he had struggled for a little bit in Tampa. And I could understand it if he was excited to be here for the the exact same reason that he had struggled a little bit elsewhere and come to Milwaukee and found his own and really been beloved for it.
0: Although when Willie first got here, he was amazing. And I thought, God, we got that shortstop. You know, Willie's not going to be here for a while. The Brewers have made it quite clear that they're not signing him to a long-term contract, though.
1: Yeah, well, I think, you know, for from both sides, it's probably a, a bit of a challenge to try to come up to a compromise that would work for a long-term deal. For a, a guy who, you know, Adamus has been well-compensated in arbitration, but he has to see the potential that he has a big year and gets a lot of money out of it. And the Brewers have to see the potential that he's been a little up and down at times, and so you you don't know exactly what you have in the future. And as we talked about before, the Brewers' history of drafting shortstops and center fielders means that they have a lot of shortstops and center fielders on the way up. They've got guys to play in the middle of the lineup if they do decide to move on from Adonis.
0: We're talking with Kyle Lobner, joining us at the Shepherd Express. You read up st- stuff for the T-Rats um, on the T-Rats homepage as well. Uh, lots of different things. Uh, with Kyle Loebner, been covering the Brewers since 2008. Chuck Freeman here on Lockdown Brewers, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. I had someone, I got up this morning, someone messaged me on social media. Chuck, I think the Brewers are getting disrespected on the power rankings. I said, well, what's what, what, what do you see? And he says, well, they're anywhere from 14 to 19 in the power rankings. Although I feel this is just where about they belong at this point, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think this is a a Brewers team that is positioned to contend in an NL central where a lot of mm-hmm. teams haven't done a lot this offseason um, in a division where 86 to 88 wins might make you the favorites. Um, mm-hmm. There's certainly some positions and some guys on the roster with upside here. You know, it's exciting to have Corbin Burns back. It's exciting to have Freddie Peralta back. It's exciting to have William Contreras back after the year he had last year, but there's also some real question marks here. Right? I mean, just about anything could happen at third base right now, and it wouldn't surprise me. You know, there's, they have to figure out how they're going to handle the outfield, especially as Jackson Churio comes up. Um, you know, as you look at the projections right now, there's a lot of young guys in this lineup. And, you know, there's reason to believe they can do well, but it's certainly not a given. And so, yeah, I would say that right now, in terms of overall upside, the Spurs team is probably, you know, a little higher than most. But in terms of a, an average level of production... Yeah, they're probably somewhere near the middle. Um, because now that, just, there's not a lot here you can write in an in ink right now.
0: Yeah, without without a doubt. Now that they've got the first base spot fixed, third base is uh, – if they get the third base, if they if I, I, a move equal to what they did with Hoskins, I don't see it happening. But if they did, then we're talking, you know, they're the division pick. But right now I see them third or fourth in division. I mean, that's what the predictions are right now.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, this is a division that – not a lot of teams have taken big steps forward in time, in terms of signing impact talent, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of young talent coming up in this division. Uh, yeah. the, the Reds are flush with top prospects right now. Um, I wrote for Shepard Express this week about all the Brewers who were on top prospect lists of positions, but when I wrote that, the Cubs had more. You know, and so you look around, and you gotta assume the Cardinals aren't going to stay down forever. Um, and so this is not going to be a walkover division. There's a lot of upside in this division. Now there's probably going to be teams that don't live up to that because they're relying on so many young guys. But I don't know that you can pencil the Brewers in to win this division right now. I think you can list them as a contender, but that's roughly what you're saying when you put them somewhere between 14th and 19th in the power rankings.
0: Yeah, I was glad the Cubs didn't get Sh- Shohei because they get Shohei right. would have been over. Didn't want to have to deal with that guy, you know all these years but uh yeah i was glad i was a little worried about that hang on there we're gonna get you you know you've you got a lot of good stuff to say about uh, the brewers minor league system i'm gonna ask you about three prospects in particular when we return out of this break one more final segment with our guest today kyle Lobner, check freeman here on lockdown brewers part of lockdown podcast network we are your team every day get us on google spotify apple all the major downloads go to our youtube page search lockdown brewers hit the subscribe button hit the bell That'll alert you every time we drop an episode here on Lockdown Brewers. We're coming right back. Welcome back to Lockdown Brewers. Kyle Loebner taking a few minutes of his time joining us here uh, as part of the part of the segment today as we head to the weekend. Kyle, I'm going to ask you about three guys in particular who've made a lot of preseason lists. Uh, Jacob Misorowski, Timber Rattlers last year, saw him a fast riser. I, I really love what I've seen on video. They haven't seen it in person, but what I've seen on YouTube, I really like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's you know, it's hard not to be impressed when you see him in person because he's got a fastball that lights up the radar gun. He's around triple digits, which is something mm-hmm. we haven't seen in the low minors all that often over the years. Um, there's good stuff to go with it. There's a lot of swing and miss in his game. Um, and so it's it's tough not to be excited about what he could be. Uh, Now, the challenge is that when he comes into games, um, if you blink, you might miss it, because even last year when he pitched pretty close to a full season, he only averaged a little more than three innings in appearance. The Mm -hmm. Brewers have taken it really slow with him um, as a a guy who throws hard and a guy who probably has an enhanced injury risk going forward. And so they're going to have to make a really interesting decision with him this spring and probably beyond, because in the same way that a guy like Josh Hader was in a position to help the team right now, he is in a position where his stuff would play at the big league level right now. He is perfectly capable of getting big league hitters out, but probably only for an inning or maybe at most two at a time. Um, And so they're going to have to make a decision at some point, if they want to keep stretching him out and try to get the most value out of him long-term as a starter, or if his arm looks so good right now that they really need him to come up and pitch like the seventh or eighth inning at the big league
0: level. Kind of like Corbin Burns a few years ago when they brought him up in 2018 out of the bullpen and then, Obviously, they had plans to make him a starter.
1: Burns had pitched a little more as a starter by the time they called him up. Um, Mm -hmm. Hater was still kind of in the middle of being stretched out when they decided to to skip a step and bring him up to the big leagues. Um, But yeah, it is a, a very similar situation to both those guys where you know that you know he can pitch in the big leagues. His stuff is so good that it's pretty obvious that he's going to make it there someday. It's just a matter of whether you want to cash in what you've got right now and get a guy who could be a really good late-inning reliever or whether you want to hope for a little more down the road.
0: How about Tyler Black? He's getting some high reviews coming out of uh, the winter here.
1: Yeah, we saw Tyler Black here in Wisconsin a couple of years ago now, and he was very good here. Um, but I think it's possible he's been better since. Um, mm-hmm. He's gone to Double A AA and Triple A. Um, I know last year he added a lot of speed to his game, was stealing a lot of bases. Um, He was never bad defensively here as a second baseman or a center fielder, Um, but the move to third base has drawn some positive reviews. I know there's questions about long-term what position he's going to play. Anytime you've got a guy who's been moved around that much, it's going to raise that question. Um, But if he ends up being the answer at third base, the projection models at a bare minimum think he's probably the Brewers' best option there right now. Yeah, um, he's hit yeah. at every level he's been he's another guy you know like Hoskins he's got some power but he's got some patience um now he can run a little bit um it, it really seems like he's a guy who could be a, a big league star
0: and if he's their third baseman and he comes up and produces like I said earlier he got first and third he got those spots filled if he came right. up and was the third baseman yeah you know, the sky's the limit with this team
1: yeah absolutely and, and When you've got a guy who's played as many positions as he has, even if he Mm -hmm. doesn't end up being the answer at third base, he can also play second. He can play in the outfield. Um, You've got a guy who you might be able to get value out of by moving him around a little bit.
0: How about Robert Gasser? Some projecting him to be in the starting rotation once opening day hits.
1: Gasser is one of the most interesting questions for me this spring um, because he's a guy who was a top prospect already when the Brewers got him a year and a half ago in the hater trade. Um, the Brewers sent him to Nashville almost right away after they got him, um, and he's been there ever since. Um, he's he's kind of taken up residence in Nashville. He was there for a full season in 2023, plus the starts he made there in 22. Um, he rates out as one of the top left-handed pitching prospects in baseball. The Brewers haven't necessarily handled him like a guy they see that way. Um, they, they left him in AAA last year and passed mm-hmm. over him for a few other guys. And so I don't know what they think they have with him. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see this spring when you start to see early rotation shake out um, to see how the brewers use him and what they want to see from him um, because yeah, on paper and on, in the computer models, it certainly seems like he is a guy that is one of their top five options to start games this spring. Um, but based on the way they've used him in the past, it's possible. They don't feel that way.
0: Find him on Twitter. Kyle Loebner, Lobner, L O B N E R Kyle Lobner. And where do they find your work, Kyle? Well,
1: you can find me every Monday at Shepherd Express, producing the On Deck Circle. Um, we do that with the exception of a little break over Christmas all through the year, 50 weeks a year. You can also find me at TimberRattlers.com, where I produce the, the T-Rat Talk feature. This time I'll remember the name for. Um, we did 10 <laughs> of those during the year last year, talking to Timber Rattlers managers, um, players, all up and down the spectrum, getting to know them a little bit. I'm um, getting to know them as people. Um, in addition to who they are as players, we've been doing that for quite a while now. I make occasional appearances at MilwaukeeRecord.com, um, producing brewers coverage for them as well. Um, and all winter long, you can find me covering college basketball all over the place also, because that's my my winter passion.
0: And covering the Appleton East Patriots tonight, apparently. i <laughs> uh, announcing
1: for the Appleton East Patriots. Yeah, if you're there within are. the Appleton East neighborhood and you listen closely, you might be able to hear my voice whether you wanted to or not, because I'm that loud. Every game? Uh, just about every game, yes. I, okay. I was not there. You mentioned you were there last Friday. I was not there last Friday. I was okay. off. Um, but the I've been against, there almost every game this year.
0: The game against I uh,
1: Yes, I was not there for the yes. game against Fondalac last All week.
0: right. Well, also covers the FBA with his voice. Hey, Cal, thanks for taking some time. I'd like to catch up to you before we get going here in the season, too. I'd love to catch up to you maybe in February. Sounds good. Always appreciate your takes. Kyle Lobner joining us, Chuck Freeman here on Locked On Brewers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Find me on Twitter, Chuck Freeman, F-R-E-I-M-U-N-D. And of course, YouTube, our growing YouTube page, Chuck Freeman, F-R-E-I-M-U-N-D, and Locked On Brewers. Go to search on Lockdown Brewers, um, go to Lockdown, uh, go to YouTube, search Lockdown Brewers, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. And of course, because we're on all the major downloads, we're the number one brewer podcast on the internet because of you great brewer fans out there, Google, Spotify, Apple, just some of the major ones that we're on, but we're everywhere. on Everywhere you download a podcast, Lockdown Brewers is there. Have yourself a great weekend. Chuck Freeman, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day.